2: are the days when you have a
3: decision a to make when you're doing radio? The decision is, do you play the easy card, right? Do I, do I play the easy card that everybody else is going to play? And do I pit the victim against the police officer? And do I stoke everybody up and we get the phone calls and yada, yada, yada? Time goes by and the show is over. I hate that kind of radio. I can't help it. I always did. I hate that kind of radio. So here's, here's how I view this. It's a, it's a double tragedy. A double tragedy. I watched the video. And um, the kid had a a gun, threw it behind the fence, turns around, no gun in his hand. The cop shoots him. It's a split-second thing. The saddest part about the video is that immediately upon shooting the kid, the cop runs over and tries to save him. And you could hear it in the cop's voice. You could hear him realizing that this is a boy. You know, it's 2.37 in the morning. I'm sure he didn't expect it boy to turn around, a 13-year-old boy. So he's calling him buddy, and he's trying to do CPR, and he's covered in the kid's blood. And it is, it is horrific. And, and, and he walks, you know, you see him just pacing, and the gun is on the other side of the fence, and the debate will ensue, right? Is the cop Is racist? This. But it, it, it took place in seconds, in seconds. And the most upsetting part of the, of the video is, is you hear in his voice that he realizes this kid is gone. Shoots him in the chest. He's 13 years old. He weighs, you know, 130 pounds. And then you see the cop just wander off by himself, and and the light is behind him, and it's just the silhouette of the cop, and he's just breathing heavy. Because you don't know if the cop's got a 13-year-old at home. I mean, they're human beings. And if you see the beginning, you see the the 21-year-old try to obstruct the cop as he's running home. Who knows if he handed him the gun. The shots were fired. That's why the cop was there. And now everybody's going to jump on the side of... uh, I don't know. What's what's the public? Half of the country will go with the cop and half will go with the kid. And the reality is they're both. One life is gone and lost and the other one is ruined. It's got to be something because he looks young. He can't see. He he sounds young. And for the rest of his life, he's going to carry this. Doesn't matter what the the tone of the day is. One day, this cop will be 80 years old and he'll be walking and he'll be he'll be thinking about all the, the life that he took from that kid. And that's the reality of their job. Right. At that moment, none of us. I mean, we all everybody's going to make their own decision. But until you're there, you don't know. And the legal people will come in and the money will get cut up and everybody will be positioned. But it's two thirty in the morning. He's a 13 year old kid. Where are your mother? Where are you? Father? Who Where are they? You have kids two thirty. And I I heard all of the story of the gang. I grew up in one of these neighborhoods. Latin kings were somewhat new. The 70s. I know how it works. I went to catechism with the leader of it. I loved him. He was a great kid. Right up until he decided to be a scumbag. And that's the case. That's the decision these kids make. Right up until the decision time, the individual kid says, I am going to be a scumbag. I'm going to sell drugs. I'm going to hurt people. I'm going to rob them. Like tonight, how how there's a bunch of them, thousands of them, plotting to go shopping in the name of this kid who half of them would have shot him because he wasn't the right race in the right gang. It's despicable. It's despicable. But it's a society that's lost its character. It has no dignity. It is a society led and run and, and promoted by scum. Sorry, that's just the way it is. And now this young cop, or cop whatever he is, has to walk around every day, and though he shot a 13-year-old. Now even though the kids, listen, I, I, I'm i the king of, uh, of the saying of when you hear somebody die, yeah, he's a scumbag, a dear friend of mine. You can be, It's a tragedy, even though the kid was on the path to be a terrible human being. And to prove my point, I'm going to read you another thing that went out today. Because what went out today is that carjackings dropped in a month, right? Man charged with three-armed carjackings this month. I hang out and sometimes fecal goes wrong, as he's heard saying after the arrest. His name is David Ellis. Last summer, was Dave, well, David was awaiting trial in a case he eventually pled guilty to. Uh, he's charged him again with robbing a Lyft driver on the Magnificent Mile. I don't look for trouble, Ellis alleges, told cops that arrested him last week. I just hang out and sometimes fecal goes wrong. On April 4th, Ellis used a dating app to lure a man into a robbery to a gas station. 27-year-old victim recognized Ellis from the dating app, pulled over to fill up his Chevy Traverse where he was beaten. The Chevy Traverse was taken. Later, two days later, Ellis used the app to lure another victim into a trap. Prosecutor said the 25-year-old victim, who identifies as a female, oh, he's ambidextrous, told the police she was walking up the stairs. When Ellis, someone hit her in the back of the head, he repeatedly beat her. She now suffers from migraines and memory loss. He took her keys and her ear pods. When Ellis was arrested, he had her ear pods. Said it was because she was catfished. I don't know what the hell that is. This is what these kids decide to do. They join gangs... They hang around. They beat up innocent people. And when something bad happens to them, somehow it's the good people's fault. It's a tragedy. Cops never going to be the same. Right and wrong will, you know. Unfortunately, there is no right and wrong in today's America. It's whatever the mob wants it to be. So, after a few nights of looting, some some mayhem, some death and destruction, a big check gets cut. Everybody will go on. She'll make some talk show host on the left, and she'll be the victim. And by she, I mean the mother. I'm sorry. I was raised by a single mother. You can, you can change it. You don't have to be let your kids run wild. There's options out there. Be a parent. I don't care how old you are. you got a 13-year-old out at 2.30 in the morning, and if you didn't know it, why didn't you know it? And if you couldn't, if you couldn't control them, why weren't the police called earlier? The whole thing is just a double loss. And then we're going to have the politicians that are going to jump on board, right? Lori Lightfoot's going to get some grace with the people. Keith, make it so I could hit the button. I can't hit it.
4: We put, put, we failed Adam,
5: and we cannot afford to fail one more young person.
3: We, there's no we, Geppetto. There's no we. The mother failed. No investment. No society is going to change that night. The mother in the house failed. That's just the fact. So this isn't the neighbor's fault. This isn't the guy in Wheaton's fault. This isn't the cop's fault. What the hell was he doing out? I'm not going to burn a whole show, a whole segment on that, because that's easy radio. I don't want to do easy radio. I want to go on to stop the Marxists so this kind of Chicago Democrat mafia mentality doesn't spread throughout the country, which it looks like it is. So today, actually it was last night, they had their big meeting on the Supreme Court, right? And why? Why? The Supreme Court is the people who fight the Marxists. It's our last bastion of hope. We hope, beyond hope, that somehow somebody's going to read the damn Constitution and these nine pork chops who can never get fired, who, who live in perpetuity, perpetuity, and who live in this country like they were gods, are supposed to be the only ones that could save us. Well, listen, I'm, am I the only one paying attention to the last 20 years? They're no good anyway, right? So I'm not going to come on here and tell you we got to hold them, but what I do want to point out is you see how the Democrats lied. They said they were going to do a committee. Would it it take them five days? All right, we decided. We're going to put uh, four more on. Where did you get that number? We pulled it out of Joe Biden's diaper. That's where I got the number. We're going to put four more on, and we're going to hope that they're Marxists, and we're going to hope that they dilute the Constitution even more than the Swiss cheese it is today. Right? Because they don't want anything to change. They like the system nice and corrupt, just like Lori Lightfoot and the aldermen and all of it. So the point of what what I wanted to show you is it looks as if there's an assemblance of order, as if there's some system that the people in it are going to be just. And I'm going to tell you right now, it isn't. Just like when we have an alderman like Fast Eddie, Fat Slob, Viagra using Burke on Rush Street, and his old lady happens to be the Supreme Court justice in Illinois. How does that work? Is she separate and divided from the corruption of the very Chicago mafia that her husband is a capo in? She's just a part of the problem. So when you're in Chicago and you try to fight all this, you go before these judges, and ta-da, they're Irish Democrat mafia members and their husbands are capos in the, in the, in the outfit. But there's, there's going to be some order, right, in the Supreme Court. So you're going to hear people, they're going to get all wound up about the Supreme Court and we shouldn't have four. and I agree. Philosophically, I absolutely agree. It's outrageous that they would change it. It is outrageous that they have the audacity to do this to this country. But does it make a damn bit of difference anymore? Because what it does do, it takes these nine walking gods among men here in America, and it makes them even less relevant. Now there's 14 of these dummies walking around, flipping a coin, seeing who, who's going to com- contribute somewhere to somebody or what stock they could front. I, it's, just, it's, just, it's just at the point of where if the country wants to be Chicago, Illinois, how do you stop it? And the answer is you see from this very instance that you can't. And my point is the bureaucracy, the assemblance of order. Well, we're worrying and, and while, while Joe Biden and the Marxists are driving this country like they stole it, and they're changing every aspect of it, they're putting their people in positions of power that will last who knows how long. What happens to these bureaucrats when they get it? So Ted Cruz, this is the Department of Justice. This woman is going to be a big deal in the Department of Justice and they do their pomp and circumstance where we pretend we have a chance, and they let our senators cross-examine these people.
1: Your advocacy and, in frank, frankly, extreme position on defunding the police is paired with a history of not only excusing, but celebrating murderers who have murdered police officers. It's been reported that during law school you helped organize a conference with speakers who referred to convicted cop killers as political prisoners. This included Mumia Abu Jabal, who murdered a Philadelphia police officer, and Asanta Shakur, who was convicted of murdering a New Jersey state trooper, escaped from prison, and is on the FBI's most wanted list. Did you organize the conference? And do you support celebrating those who murder police officers as heroes and, and political prisoners.
6: Um, the com- that conference you're referring to was organized by the late Dr. Manning Marable, a noted historian who led the Institute for Research in African American Studies. I was a student uh, providing support for the Institute, working on a range of projects Uh, To the second question, Senator, no, I do not celebrate the loss of life. So so if you say
1: you didn't organize the conference, why did multiple speakers at the conference thank you by name for inviting them to speak at the conference? She's lying.
6: Because I was a a hardworking student that uh, made sure people were fed, uh, mailed out invitations, provided the agenda. I was a, a student providing logistical support to a notable historian who was the one who organized that
1: conference so if there's a police officer in philadelphia or new jersey today watching this hearing how are they supposed to react to your nomination to one of the senior positions of the department of justice knowing that as a student you participated in a conference celebrating and lionizing cop killers
3: you can't now you think that's going to be the worst of it you think that's the worst of it that this is something she did in college well You'd be wrong. She wrote a paper eleven months ago.
1: But, Ms. 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 Clark, I... let, let me, and we have limited time, so let me. You say you don't support defunding the police. You just said it twice. The title of your article was "Defund the Police," but let's not just look to the title. Your article begins by saying that the national protests we saw last year, quote, opened up space for transformative policy discussions. You then
3: now this is a woman that will be a high up in the Department of Justice. They tend to call this thing the swamp. This isn't the swamp. This is the commissar. These are people who inhabit these positions to use the power of government against citizens who want to practice Americanism. Ironically, the people who are coming here from totalitarian countries, when they get here, it's the same thing, because we as a people have allowed the corrupt mafia, we pretend is a political party, to overtake every aspect of our institutions. And is there any question this woman will, will be confirmed? The answer is no, because in the midst of this, guess who sticks up for her? Little Dick Durbin. We'll take your calls. We'll play the rest of the clip. And I want to know, does it matter to you if they put four more hacks on the Supreme Court, 312-642-5600. We'll be back after this. I know, I know her name is Christine Clark, but it might as well be Yakov Shmirnov because it doesn't matter. She's just a loyal Soviet. And that's who's in charge, the Soviets and the Marxists. And they're out flanking us. They're playing chess and we're playing checkers. They can't get their way. They change the rules. What rules? There are no rules. We're going to explore many, many more atrocities that happen. In the meantime, the vast majority of people will be playing. Let's figure out why they're breaking the windows and stealing the, all of the clothes at Nordstrom's. Mark, Chicago. Hey, Sean,
6: love having you on the on the radio full time oh, again you. now. Thank you. Uh, as far as the, the Supreme Court and the, the numbers, I say, okay, if I were the Republicans, I don't think they're bright enough to not mention it. But when, once they take power again, whenever that's going to be, I, I'd increase the number again. <laughs> make, it, I, make it 18. I saw make Kevin it 27. McCarthy. Who cares?
3: You know, I was watching the news earlier this morning. I saw Kevin McCarthy. He's excited because they want a, a Republican congresswoman in a district. They just, I mean, I think they're the dumbest <laughs> human beings in the world. I think they don't understand the game, they've been banerized.
4: They yeah. just want their piece I, I, of the
3: corporate pie, man they don't they could give a rip. They should have been impeaching drawing up impeachment papers for Biden when he took positions easily. against states in his own country where he 's supposed to be the president, when he cheered for corporations to pull out an economic calamity to happen to to states and to cities. This is surreal so i, you know, I just
6: can't believe i'm sorry I just can't believe every or so many people are just so lax about these Monstrous changes that are going on in our country that might be very hard to reverse.
3: The Supreme Court justices, you know, I've I've never liked the idea that I have to hope and pray that that a few individuals can somehow save my unalienable rights. I I I don't like the whole system. And the minute mm-hmm. the minute they sided with Obamacare. I, I could give a rip who they are, and I like how all the Republicans rallied around the girl, the, the Catholic girl, and and, and uh, who was the other guy that got caught hanging around with the guy Skippy? He was supposedly the, the, the yeah. Kavanaugh, and the rest of them. Look at how they rule! They rule yeah. what right with Ginsburg, right, right, right. And, and Kagan. They, they're, now they're all gonna they're gonna go with Kagan and Sotomayor and the rest of them. So to me, to pretend that we have justices, we got two left, two. And they're, and they're yep. weak. They're weak. And they're I mean, down. you know, if Thomas goes down, we're really cooked. Thank you, Mark, for the call. I appreciate it. Joanne in St. Charles.
7: Yes, it really does matter that they're packing the court. They want to pack the court. And to the last caller's point, as far as Americans being lax, I don't think we're lax. I think we just are getting bamboozled into our country being taken over by leftist marxists
3: and but here 's the thing: the Republicans are assisting them yeah, I mean the republicans where's, I know. where's the pushback from the people who could push back you know yes. i mean i'll give you 'll give you an example uh, there was just a, the, the Congress just passed the equal pay bill that they passed two years ago. They passed it again. This one is more stringent and um I'm trying to pull it up here. It's going to be the Paycheck Fairness Act 217-210. You imagine how many bills we are unaware of with the dashes and the seven numbers, and they got a Republican that joined the support. So, you know, they don't have the fight because what they're trying to do is is buy grace and appeasement, by negotiating and compromising with Soviets. There is no compromising with communism. It's a cancer that metastasizes. Joanne, thank you very much. Yes, it is. And here's the other thing. Why aren't they fighting to reduce the number? You know what I would do in this case? Now instead of nine, I want five. Now we're going to go to five. But where, where's the Republican? Why do we always play on their terms? Nobody, did anybody ever negotiate anything in their life? I'll make them sorry they ever Never. brought it up. That's the way you do it. And by the way, all these, other little, these little courts on, in, 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 that are around the country, I want to reduce those numbers too like the one in San Francisco that makes it perfectly legal to kill your own kid, and all of a sudden we're mad when, pe- when kids get killed who are, are joining gangs and grabbing guns. It's ridiculous to me. Thanks for the phone call. Richard, in your car.
7: Hey, hey Sean, how you doing? Hey, here, here's a little take on, uh, a take on Adam, and again, it's a, it's a very, very sad thing that happened, but what about Lori and, and, and Pritzker being culpable in this whole thing? Wasn't it them last summer that would not send out the National Guard to assist the Chicago police other than letting them be crossing guards to let people into the city, so what did it do? It elevated the gang in Adams neighborhood to maybe this twelve-year-old kid, you know, it was looking at, hey, the gang's protecting the neighborhood. They're protecting the businesses. They're good. They're good, you know. And, and I mean, and, come and, on. And,
3: and you know, to, to your point, Richard, it's the neighborhood the Democrats built. This yep, crime-ridden. Yep drug hub, where the gangs rule the streets and the alderman drives a Lexus because he just doesn't want to interrupt the business, these are Democrat ghettos. That's what they build. It's just that simple. You know what the mother should do instead of suing the city of Chicago? She should sue the DNC. Now, they got real deep pockets. The city of Chicago is broke. Let's go after the DNC because they raise more money in a, in a half an hour than the city of Chicago has made in the last hundred years. Thanks, Richard, for the call. I appreciate it. All right, we got time for one more, Keith? No. All right, hang on if you're on the line. 312-642-5600. I got one line open if you want to be. We'll be back after these messages.
7: All
3: right, so uh, we've got a caller that's been on since I was talking about Adam Toledo video. And uh, I like him. He's called before. So we're going to take his video, then we'll get back on topic. Lloyd in Gary,
7: Indiana. Hey, Sean. How you doing?
3: Good, Lloyd. How are you?
7: Uh, okay. Hey, real quick, man. You know, in the eighties, we had public address or public awareness for the AIDS campaign, put a condom on COVID advertisement. How about it's the police, man? Stop. Do what they're saying. We put advertisements on TV. Remember it's 10 o'clock. Where's your kid at? Why can't we have our politicians in the public educating them? Stop, man. Something's going to happen. Yeah, Listen I mean, to the police. You know, a responsibility.
3: Yeah, I did a disservice because I was so disgusted about the story. I didn't even talk, you know. I didn't even say the kid's name. I didn't talk about the video being released because I assumed everybody knew it. But the reality everybody can handle it in their own way, man. The, the reality is, Lloyd. Um, this is a situation now that has become political, rather than rather than doing what you're doing or what I suggest we do, which is try to really solve the problem of these kids that are unfortunately growing up in ghettos, right? And they're making decisions, and it, rather than do that. And then focus on what created these situations in these neighborhoods and these ghettos. It's easier to just do this, and then Lori Lightfoot can gain votes, and this can become a political football. So that's why I was disgusted. That's why I didn't, you know, properly get, tell you talk about the video or say Adam Toledo's name because to me it's it's he's a, he's a kid, and the saddest part about it is with just a little bit better parenting, who knows what this kid could have been? I told you, I, right, but to, you I know, Lloyd. I grew up with the head of the Latin Kings in Melrose Park. I love them. I, I went to catechism with them. And, uh, you know, he, he, if he wouldn't have been in the gangs, I know this kid. He could have been anything. He could have been a successful guy with a wonderful life. And, you know, the problem is it's just one stupid decision by a stupid kid. And now they're going to use it as right. a political football. It's disgusting to me. But thank you, Lloyd, and I appreciate the call, and I appreciate you holding on. Thank All you. Right. All right. Now back to SCOTUS, who can get us back on track. I think it's Kyle in Woodridge. Hi, Kyle.
7: Hey, Sean. Um, I, I just want to say, you know, I, I'd like to rah-rah and say, yeah, the Supreme Court matters. I really would. However, if we're at the point where we're relying on the Supreme Court to matter, it really doesn't matter. And I'm not mad at the Marxists for being Marxists. I'm disappointed in who they are as a person down to their very soul. But I hate the Republicans for being as spineless and cowardice as they are, allowing this all to happen. And more or less, more or less, I hate ourselves, not, you know, you, you're out there doing what you could do. Me, I'd like to say I'm doing all I can do, but I'm not. You, until we're looking at the person in the mirror, nothing's going to change. Unless, until we're looking at government to not be the answer, nothing's going to change. So love with it, the country Kyle. going down the toilet, we're getting what we deserve. Love Have a it, good Kyle. one.
3: You too. I love it. I love it. And more, moreover, um, an even more culpable uh, person in this, in this circumstance we're living in is the never-Trumper. All of this is the never-Trumper. There's always been communists in this country, always. The Soviets didn't put their money in weapons during the Cold War. They put it in espionage, and they put it in infiltrating our country, and it worked. They put it in our school systems, and it worked. And the never-Trumpers were too, what's the proper word, not self-aggrandizing or self-enriching, although those are good ones, too ignorant and arrogant, and they had such a hatred that they couldn't even describe for one man, that they couldn't focus on the issues. So as we go down the drain, the good news is they're going too. And I hope all of these phony wasp, erudite scum that vote for the Adam Kinzingers, I hope they really eat it. Teresa, Northside.
7: Hey, Sean. Um, You know, I was talking with a woman today who does not like the Biden administration, and, you know, I'm all for that. I didn't tell her that I'm a Trumpster. Um, I asked her what she didn't like about it, and she said everything that made total sense to me. Then she says, oh, well, what are you going to do? So I said to her, well, what would you do if people showed up at your door, told you you were under arrest for something you didn't do and threw you in prison? And she said, well, I would fight it. I said, so you won't fight for your freedom in this country, but you would fight for your freedom if you were wrongfully imprisoned. I mean, wrongful imprisonment is it's because it's, it's that
3: old thing. People will suffer um, the, the tyranny that they, they grow accustomed to, that they find sufferable, rather than recognize and right. push it back. You know, this whole, that's why I say you want to fix it, go back to the beginning and remove those cornerstones of tyranny that we pretend are helping us. And by that I mean policies like Social Security, like taxation out of your paycheck. Start there. If you're going to beat them, you've got to go back to how they built it you got to tear out those cornerstones. And the problem I have, Teresa, deep down, I don't have faith in the electoral system anymore. I think it's been corrupted, mm-hmm. and why would they fix it now? That's why one party right. specifically lobbies to weaken any kind of auditing, any kind of, of, of legalizing voting systems. They like it this way, and it's just like Chicago. It's just like Chicago. That's why you know the mafia has overtaken the country, and now we're gonna rather Absolutely. than and we have people that would would rather discuss if the cop is is a, is guilty without even considering what the cop was going through, or if the kid right. you know if the kid was it was an innocent victim rather than recognizing he's in the city, in the neighborhood the Democrat policy built, the Democrats are That'd the right. landlords of the ghettos. Thank you so much, Teresa. I appreciate it. Tom in Blue Island has an excellent point. Hi, Tom, how are you?
7: Sean, buddy, how are you? So, Sean, with the judges, we this female cop with that shot this kid yesterday or the day before. She's already been charged, and she's already I already I think they got her in the in the frickin' county already. Meanwhile, you have a female Trump supporter, a veteran, who got shot and killed in DC yeah, we Ashley still Babbitt. don't know what that we still Ashley bad but we still don't know what his or her name is. We do know though the other day that they were willing to drop charges saying that the shooting was justified and yet we still don't know who she is he or she if, if, if who the female cop, female male capital cop was, and we're supposed to worry about them them trying and, and, to to and, make and, four more leftists on the Supreme Court.
3: Tom, here's, here's a better thing. It's, it's very clear that Ashley Babbitt was, was unarmed. She was 110, exactly. 110 pounds going through a skinny window. She was a woman. Rather than grab her by the hair and throw her on the ground and arrest her, he shot her in the neck and mums the word. Rather than and, a kid, gang-banging 13-year-old right. exactly who right. had a gun in his hand and threw it behind the fence, whether he, it was in time or not, as he turned around, now the cop is culpable. But well, look at the different standards. So it's an excellent, excellent and, point, Tom. I really do. And appreciate. look at
7: these people, Sean. Look at these people that are—they're being held without bond and without charges. How is this not the story every hour in these in, the, just... in these scumbag DC prison jails, Tom? we we getting beat up, Sean?
3: I know, Tom. But you just heard me. Thank you for the call. You just heard Ted Cruz prove that 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 uh, Natasha Smirnoff, who's going to be a high up in the, in the department of justice prove, it doesn't matter what the process is to get her in. She's going to be in the department of justice. Now, do you not think she's going to implement the two versions of law that you just articulated? Of course she is chip St. Charles.
5: Sean,
0: I, I just wanted to call and agree with you that um, both that 13 year old boy and that cop are victims, but they're victims of Chicago tolerating mass shootings on a daily basis and 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 Chicago for generations chasing every business out of the state of Illinois that they can. They they've created this whole mess in there and you know I, I I Chicago's gonna burn tonight and it might not be such a bad thing. I hate to say that.
3: Well, Chip, so- I, 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 feel, I feel, but you know as well as I do that what's going to burn is, 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 are not the people that are guilty of this problem. What's going to burn are no, right. oh, yeah. businesses that oh, no. are trying to make the city better. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the issue at hand is that it's, it's, it seems to me that the virtuous are the ones who are always paying the cost. And 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 the yep. real scoundrels are the one who are always profiting. Thank you so much, Chip, for the call. We got to go to break. I'll take uh, the rest of your calls when I get back. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. We'll be back. This song is very big, down here. I love it. Gotta admit. So I have a caller on the line
2: Despacito. that I am
3: very interested in taking. It's a very interesting point, and that's Mike in Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. How are you, Mike?
7: So again, Sean, I've got a question and a suggestion. Go ahead. <laughs> um, all right, I'm six, 64 years old. A few years ago, I became disabled. Um, I I'm I'm live to hold a job. I live on Social Security. And yet every day, I hear you bash Social Security. Yes. Why?
3: Because it's a Ponzi scheme. I bash it because it is an excuse of taxation. And the reality is the people who, who use this excuse never intend on pain, and they begrudgingly do. So, if, if what you're suggesting is that there be a system in place for people of special needs or people of different circumstances, then let's have that. Well, I work, and I, I work, I'll tell you another like, thing, Mike. I think it should be privatized. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that. What happened to the music? I think that charity or systems that were set up like you, if you incentivized corporations or you incentivized wealthy people to, to donate to these things by not taxing them, You'd actually have a much better system. And, Mike, you may actually make more depending on your circumstances. But you're, you're the, the few that are not scamming the system. How many people are scamming this system? And how many people pay into it right up until they collect it and die, and where's the money go? Poof. Because there is no money. It was sold as an insurance policy. They used Madison Avenue advertisers to sell it to the American people. And it is nothing more than a made-off Ponzi scheme. Literally, it is a fraud. There is no trust. There is no money. They put IOUs in there. They put the money in the general fund, and they squander it away. It is a system of failure, and it is a system of socialism. And the other thing is, Mike, quite frankly, if you knew as a young man you didn't have this to fall back on, and they didn't take this money out of your check, but you had it, who knows the investments you made, Mike? 64 years, you're, you're, you lived a long life. What if you had extra money in your check? Maybe you'd have bought that three flat, and that would be your retirement. Maybe you'd have bought that investment property. Maybe you'd have started a business. So they make you feel obligated as if they're helping you. With, so you take your eye off the ball that they're hurting everybody in the name of you. Right? So that's why I want to tear it down. It doesn't work, Mike. Thank you, though, very much. I love that debate. Because philosophically, what we allowed to happen is the first cornerstone of absolute and total socialism and control into our system. And they buy you off with this false sense of safety. Do you see a pattern? And they lie, just like the girl lied to Ted Cruz. They lie to your face because they are confident with conviction. They believe you're too stupid for your own life, for your own freedom. They hate people who are free. That's why every policy they have takes it away. Terry Rogers Park.
7: Sean, uh, I just wanted to say uh, I I really admire the way you're handling uh, talking about the 13-year-old that got himself killed. And I can tell it's heavy on your mind, but you're not putting blame on anyone yet.
3: No, and, I, and you know, Terry, it's a, it's a tragedy. If you, if, you, if you have a time, if you watch the video, I don't know which, which one you watched, but there's, there's one out there, and it shows the policemen afterwards. It is, it is tragic. It is tragic. And if, if, if people that think they're, the police are bad were to watch that, this is, this is a guy that for the rest of his life is going to be tormented. He took a 13-year-old's life. Can you imagine what he must have thought while he was chasing him? Couldn't tell the kid was 13 until he turned around. And what the hell was he doing outside at night? So, Terry, I appreciate it. Thank you. And, you know, quite frankly, that's not the smartest way in talk radio to take this. I mean, I should have riled you all up and support the blue line and all this. But for me, that's a given. You always support. When I was a kid, that's what you were taught. And then you realize, I also realized, there are some people that shouldn't be policemen. Policemen are human beings, like firemen, like accountants, right? Like mechanics, like bricklayers, like carpenters. We're all people. Some are really, really good. Some are really, really bad. And most are in the middle until they're given that choice. I had a great time. Well, wait a minute. We got another hour. I got another hour. I want another two hours. That's my problem. But I'm, i got to tell you, I'm sympathetic to the cop, and I'm sympathetic to the kid's family, even though I think they're morons. 13 years old is a tragedy. I'll be back I think..
0: From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned.
3: Well, 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 here we are in a predicament where we've got diapers Biden supposedly as the president. He's been wrong on every foreign policy for 47 years. I don't know if they were thinking that the odds are right. Maybe he's got to get one right. But um, today he uh, he did something that I'm sure is going to pan out beautifully.
4: Including the expulsion of several Russian officials as a consequence of their actions. I've also signed an executive order authorizing new measures, including sanctions to address specific harmful actions that Russia has taken against U.S. interests. So we are going to
3: bring on Dave Boyer. Dave is a White House correspondent for The Washington Times. He's got a piece on the Biden sanctions with Russia. And I want to find out if he's prepping for World War Three. How are you, Dave?
6: Good, John. How are you?
3: Very good. So... um i my understanding of sanctions is I don't believe they work in fact what i what I history proves is that you are merely driving up prices as shadow buys happen from other countries. Is this going to be different this time?
6: No, no, I don't think anybody really expects Vladimir Putin to change his behavior. Um, Russia is still going to you know carry out cyber attacks against the United States and U.S. companies. Um, they're still going to um, exert military aggression against Ukraine. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And so, uh, no. And Vladimir Putin, the Russian president, can't be seen in his own country as, you know, caving in to pressure from Joe Biden. So uh, no, nobody really expects that uh, this is going to change his behavior.
3: Now, now, when I see Joe Biden, I have been politically astute since Nixon said he wasn't a crook in front of uh, the contemporary at Disney when I was a kid. And, um, you know, I'm well aware of, of Biden and his foibles and failures and corruption and the rest of it. But he's 80 years old now. So he does a phone call with Vladimir Putin on Tuesday. How do you think Putin felt after the phone call?
6: Uh, probably younger.
3: <laughs> i mean the reality is uh, we've got an 80 year old man who has who has trouble putting sentences together and if you're Vladimir no i putin, think
6: i think that he yeah that's true um and i think you know one thing i will um sort of give joe biden credit for is that i, I think that putin must know by now that he's dealing with a, a different equation here that uh someone who you know at the very least, wants to look tougher to the U.S. public against Russia. And uh, I think he understands that Biden is going to be more of a pain in the butt to him, um, at least as a public relations um, matter, and that he's going to have to be dealing with him constantly on matters like this. So um, there's that. And Biden said today at the White House uh, this evening that, you know, he has more in his arsenal as far as sanctions go, if he, if he wanted to, and he told Putin that. So, um, you know, there is that for Putin to consider if you're trying to put himself you know, yourself in his shoes.
3: Now, although Putin looks like a squiggy from Laverne and Shirley, he's actually quite smart. In fact, some would say he's brilliant. It's obvious to, maybe it's not obvious, but it seems to me like he's trying to reassemble the Soviet Union. He must be aware of Biden. Family Incorporated and their business dealings with the Ukraine.
6: Oh, it's been, you know, it's been publicly out there. I mean, it was a huge issue in the presidential campaign in the U.S. last year. So, sure.
3: So, as as he mounts a position where it, it appears they're intimidating and they're sending troops and they look like they're going to grab Ukraine or at least make it very uncomfortable, it would only be smart for him to simultaneously have a uh, an upheaval with America, who is Ukraine's bodyguard, for lack of a better term.
6: It's it's going to be a constant uh, problem for Biden going forward. Uh, you know, how to deal with Putin, how 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 hard to push him without, uh, you know, because on the one hand, you have Biden saying tonight, uh, look, we want to work together. He wants to hold a summit with Putin sometime this summer. Um face-to-face but on the other hand you know he, he wants to also make it clear to american voters that he's not donald trump and you know what he accused trump of being uh, in the campaign last year which was basically a, a puppet of putin so he's gotta make that delineation somehow and i think this is the start of it
3: but the reality of what it appeared to be to me and correct me if i'm wrong I feel that foreign leaders were uncertain of what Donald Trump was going to do because he did not have a history of of politics, but he he had a unique position where he wanted to be strong, but he didn't want to be interventionist to a certain extent. And I think he was trying to make that kind of deal with Putin where, look, don't mess with me. I won't mess with you. And I think it kept Putin on his heels. Doesn't Putin know every move? a a political animal, and I'm cleaning that up, like Joe Biden is, will do. Isn't he prepared for all of this?
6: Uh, it certainly appears that way to me i mean you know putin has been around a long time he's watched joe biden uh, you know as a senator for almost 50 years um so you know joe biden is is a, an open book to putin in that sense as far as his foreign policy moves and his, his uh approach to foreign policy whereas you're right i think trump you know, one of Trump considered it one of his strengths that uh, you know uh, foreign leaders were on edge with him, and nobody really knew what he was going to do next, and he had no no um, consistent record of in foreign policy because he had never been elected before. So um, there there is a huge difference there as far as uh, Putin uh, can look at Joe Biden and say, you know, I've seen this movie many many times before, and I know how to handle it.
3: Now, Joe Biden wants to have a cozy relationship with Xi Jinping from China. Uh, In fact, there's a long history, once again, of the Biden family having business dealings with the Chinese. However, the loyalty is between the communists or the the new version of communists with uh, Vladimir Putin. In fact, they've been working for years To destroy our dollar, so I would. It it appears to me that Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping have a much better relationship than Joe Biden and Xi Jinping. Aren't we once again victims of us playing checkers while they're playing chess?
6: Well, I don't know. I I haven't seen much evidence in the last few years of of, um, Putin and, and. Mr Xi being uh, terribly close and ganging up on the United States together in coordination but um, there are huge huge challenges both for Biden and uh, I think you know Trump had a better uh, handle on on China for a long time uh, and I think he's got the Chinese attention more more than Biden will and uh I don't know how Biden's going to – it seems like Biden hasn't even really started uh, engaging with China yet. Now he's meeting the the, the prime minister tomorrow uh, – J- prime minister of Japan tomorrow at the White House. And then he just scheduled a visit um, at the White House next month with the president of South Korea. So he's – Slowly, you know, in his own good time, trying to build up, uh, you know, that uh, show of force, uh, at least diplomatically, against China and North Korea, and you know, get his ducks in a row there and make sure they're all uh, singing from the same page. But um, that, that's going to take time to see how it plays out.
3: Now, these sanctions that we put on Russia, what what's the sales pitch on them? What are they supposed to do? Where are they?
6: well uh immediately they're going to kick out of washington 10 russian diplomats from the the russian embassy who are you know mostly engaged in uh, intelligence operations um they are going to by the middle of june um prohibit us financial institutions from um Working with the Russian banks and Russian government to allow the Russian government to procure more, go into debt, more borrowing, which will, uh, you know, Biden people say that will impinge on, you know, the Russian government's ability to operate, basically, and then fund itself. Um, and then you've got individual sanctions, freezing assets against people who are, and entities who are connected with the, the solar winds cyber attack um uh, and so uh whether that's going to really hurt anybody you know involved in that aspect of it um you know it's hard to say at this point but um those are some of the uh, sanctions that were put in place today
3: now i remember a while ago that um russia when it comes to money vladimir putin is truly a bond villain and um was it crimea where where um where the Americans bailed out the vast majority of the Russian oligarchs and the Russian um, government officials had their money mm. after the crash of 2008. So if we're going to put sanctions on American banks doing with Russia, why are we not approaching the IMF and also asking them to do the same? I mean, it seems like a very weak jab to me.
6: Yeah, I they they are working with um the governments of Europe, you know, Germany, France, U.K., Others to uh, ensure that these sanctions have an international approach to them, and, and that Russia just can't go shopping around for other people to um, help bail them out. But um, again, you know, people like Germany also need uh, to cooperate with Russia. They've got this huge Nord Stream two gas pipeline that's almost ninety five percent completed from from Russia directly to Germany, um, bypassing Ukraine. So there's uh, there's some there's some challenges there for Biden to get everybody on board and uh, to keep make sure these sanctions, however light they might be, uh, that they stick.
3: And in the macro picture of things, if if one of the major commodities that Russia has to sell is oil, it sure would benefit them if the price of oil were up since Joe Biden was in office and policies he made here that actually drove up the price, wouldn't it? I mean, I'd take the sanctions for the higher price of my commodity.
6: See what you mean, yeah.
3: All right. Well listen, you deal directly with, with um Pippi livestocking Pisaki. Are you having fun?
6: <laughs> you know, uh I'll give her this much. She's doing regular briefings every every weekday and um uh she's tough. She's tough.
3: Yeah. Well listen, do you have a mask that says anything or you just go with the plain one? <laughs>
6: I had a Penn State mask. uh, Stopped wearing that a while ago. Um, Just now I have your basic black N95.
3: Oh, very nice. Well, listen, I want to thank you for uh, joining me. Dave Boyer, Washington Times. I hope you'll come back and keep us informed because I'm dying to see how this – I want a little warning because I'm not prepping enough for World War III, and I'd like you to keep me in the loop. Can you do that for me, please?
6: I sure will. Thanks,
3: John. Thank thank you so much. We'll be back with your calls and your comments. 312-642-5600. All right, we got Biden at the helm. Much to the the chagrin of anyone not benefiting from the Marxist welfare cheese or the corporatist corruption that pays very well. Did you happen to see by any chance that all of the major corporations in the Dow 30, there's 30 stocks that make up the Dow, they actually were very excited that um, they were going to prevent states from implementing voter ID and voter rules. In fact, they all signed a petition advocating not to. And as I look at the market today, and they're cheering about all of the revenue that they've made instead of focusing on the fact it's because of the government cheese that went out or the PPPP or whatever other scam loan the government gave them or bailout, it is so ridiculous and the corruption is so Their call for unity is a j- Yes it is. Their call for unity is a joke. And it is so ridiculous that we pretend this is not about the money, as it always is about the money. Just like Joe Biden and his supposed sanctions, which will only, only benefit those people who tell us they're our friends, they're our allies, and they're marking up price, and they're selling it to Russia. This is nothing more than another PR stunt.
4: When I spoke to President Putin, I expressed my belief that communication between the two of us personally and directly was to be essential in moving forward to a more effective relationship, and he agreed on that point.
3: Now there's Squiggy from Laverne and Shirley riding a bear without a shirt on. I know it was a horse, but I like the picture with the bear. He's driving his own submarines. He's got houses all over countries he's recently taken over. He is literally... The richest man on the planet, and you'll never audit him. He could buy and sell Bezos like Juicy Fruit. That's the reality. And he's talking to this dimwit. Can you imagine what he said to the rest of the oligarchs and that little giraffe he travels around with when he hung the phone up with this dummy? He's got to be loving every minute and laughing at America that will put this frail shadow of a man, Joe Biden, in office.
4: What happened there? I tried to hit the clip there. We're having a problem with the clip. When I spoke to President Putin, I expressed my belief that communication between the two of us personally and directly was to be essential in moving forward to a more effective relationship, and he agreed on that point. To that end, I propose that we meet in person this summer in Europe for a summit to address a range of issues facing both of our countries. Our teams are discussing that possibility right now. And out of that summit, were it to occur, and I believe it will, the United States and Russia could launch a Strategic Stability Dialogue to pursue cooperation in arms control and security. We can address critical global challenges that require Russia and the United States to work together, including reining in nuclear threats from Iran and North Korea, ending this pandemic globally, and meeting the existential crisis of climate change.
3: Yeah, because that's what Putin cares about. He's, he, he's up at night. He can't believe this climate change is going crazy. He doesn't know what to do. Maybe that explains why he's building a military base outside of Alaska. He Joe Biden is so incapable of this task that somehow, I guess, 81 million morons put him up to. It is an absolute joke. For years, he has been working behind the scenes to undermine our dollar and our strength around the world. And do you think he's losing? You know, I'm kidding about World War Three. Do you think we'd stand a chance now? Because the whole time, Putin has been getting richer and stronger and more allies. Iran, China, North Korea, not to mention other despots around the country that admire him. See, he's the real deal, Marxist leader. He's the real deal, and he presents himself as benign. How many protesters do you think he has in his country? I mean, anybody that even reports against them, they mysteriously die of a poison. He's laughing that we would put this weak, frail, half-man in a position to supposedly negotiate against them. I can only imagine how he is licking his chops. He's probably picking out a place in this country to build another one of those bond mansions.
4: I also made clear to President Putin that the United, Putin, that the President United States you idiot. is unwavering in our support of our allies and partners in Europe. Mm-hmm. In that vein, I expressed concern about Russia's military buildup on Ukraine's border.
3: It's going to be like that red wedding in the Game of Thrones if they let this idiot impeach this son of a dog now. 312-642-5600.
1: Yeah, that's my kind of night.
7: All right. Might sit down on my I like that
3: song. I got a lot to talk about today. I got to make a decision here because I only got time for one of these topics. So I'm going to go, I'm going to save Project Veritas, exposing CNN as a propagandist outlet. No kidding. But it really is quite, uh, quite enlightening. But I want to talk about Jim Jordan as he talks to the Fouch. Because it kind of gives you the mindset of what a true technocrat is. See, I I, I call him my Auntie Mary, but th- this transgendering old man is in the prime of his career, and he's loving every minute of it. He likes the idea that on a whim, on a word of his, he literally gets to control everybody. He gets to control policies that no one man should ever be in control of. All he has to do is say it, and these abusive Marxist sycophants we call governors and Democrats around the nation step and fetch. They love listening to this, this bureaucrat. That's all he is. He hasn't practiced medicine since I was one, which is a long time ago. Granted, I look wonderful, but I'm 53, 52 years. He's been playing political bureaucracy, pay me, and I'll be loyal to you. Not to mention the money he's probably made on the side, which we'll never know. But he's in control of a lot, and he's never been more powerful. Here he is talking to a congressman. Listen to how he talks to him.
5: Well, in your written statement, you say, now is not the time to pull back on masking, physical distancing, and avoiding congregate settings. When is the time? When do Americans get their freedom back? Now,
3: the science and the data is over a year old. The masks are useless. Hate to break it to you, Oak Parkers, although some of your wives deserve the two masks and the shield. Fine, keep it on them. It's better. I digest better. But it doesn't work. The little germ that you're trying to prevent is 3,000 times smaller than the mask was designed, period, end of story. It's nothing more than 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 a virtue shield or a plate of slavery, which is what it really is. And this is just about the masks, and they don't know what they're doing with the vaccine. They have no idea. We're the experiment. And regardless of, you know, I heard somebody say, oh, six out of, out, out, of, out of seven million, it's infinitesimal. Not if the six that died, one of them is your daughter or your mother or your wife. Then it's not too infinitesimal. Idiots. And in the meantime, we've had a year stolen from us, and we're all finite. Nobody's going to go much longer than they're absolutely supposed to.
5: Can you put your
8: microphone on, please? Or Turn on the mic, old man. When we get the level of infection in this country low enough that it is not a really high thing.
5: What threat. is low enough? Give me a number. What, I mean, I, we, we had 15 days to slow the spread turned into one year of lost liberty. What metrics, what measures, what has to happen before yeah. Americans get my, their freedoms? My better? message Uh,
8: Congressman Jordan, is to get as many people vaccinated as quickly as we possibly can to get the level of infection in this country low, that it is no. Regardless of who wants it and who doesn't.
3: We have to get them vaccinated, regardless of what it is. And and the reality of people dying and being sick and being harmed. We've got 5,800 people. Have gotten COVID after they've been vaccinated fully vaccinated not half fully these idiots don't know what they're doing and i i I know there's a lot of people out there that want to say oh trump got the vaccine i don't care who did it it doesn't mean i get to lose my freedom not to not to bureaucrats
8: like this buffoon longer a threat that is when
5: and i believe when that happens you will see what determines when I'm sorry. What? What measure? I mean, are are we just going to continue this forever? When does when does when do we get to the point? What measure, what standard, what objective uh, outcome do we have to reach before before Americans get their liberty and freedoms back?
3: Whatever one this old man wants, whatever one this old man picks science. Does it feel like they're they're really at the cutting edge of science This is ridiculous. This is insanity. And what's happening is there's no end in sight. Not in these states run by like our own jelly belly. It's like a lump of jello with a belt. Nothing like he's going to stay the way it is. You're lucky he's letting you walk around. Can't you feel it? You're lucky he's not shutting you down.
8: You know, you're indicating liberty and freedom. I look at it as a public health measure to
5: prevent people from dying and going to the hospital. You don't think Americans' liberties have been threatened the last year, Dr. Fauci? They've been assaulted. Their liberties have.
8: I don't look at this as a
3: liberty thing, Congressman. There you go. I don't look at it as a liberty thing. See, this is when the people that have died and the other circumstances of their death be damned. This is a, this this to him is he's keeping you under house arrest for your own good and for society in general. That's that's a virtuous tyrant. And that's why, you know, that the numbers we all know how the numbers are cooked. These are bureaucrats, just like they lied about the, the drones and the bombing under Obama. They're lying about these numbers. We all have these. We, we, we've all been privy. We know people. That have been at the end of their lives that have been on hospice and they die and they're tested for for COVID and it's a COVID death. The motorcycle in Florida, COVID death. They need those numbers to be big. And by the way, I think I also have that in Project Veritas, if I'm not mistaken.
2: A bunch of people that have been attacking Asians. What are you doing? Like we're trying to like help like with the BLM.
3: I don't know how they got music there. They basically admit that they, they, they propped up on CNN the deaths. They wanted the numbers high. Every time that CNN executive needed the numbers to go up, he was shocked when they didn't. This is all an excuse to take away your Americanism, your liberty, your freedom. It's ridiculous. And when asked, we're 13 months into it, and he has no answers other than I'm, I am I'm doing it for
8: you. I'm in Jordan. Well, that's, that's obvious. obvious as a public health thing. But, but, uh, the, I disagree with you, you on that. You think the Constitution
5: completely? is suspended during, a, during a, a, a virus, during a pandemic? It's certainly not. This will end,
8: for sure, when we get the level of infection very low. It is now at such a high level, there's a threat again of major surge.
5: Dr. Dr. Fauci, over the last year, Americans' First Amendment rights have been completely attacked. Your right to go to church, your right to assemble, your right to petition your government, freedom of the press, freedom of speech have all been assaulted.
3: Not to mention, where is it spiking? Fouch, the Fouch anti-Mary, where is it spiking? In the Democrat lockdown sewers, the mafia-run Democrat states. It's very, very evident. The states that did not lock down their people have far better numbers. They're wrong just like they were wrong about the surfaces and don't touch it just like they were wrong about everything they said the whole step of the way i hear this expression moving goalposts." that's only in a game that you agree to play to you can even use that metaphor i didn't agree to this game business owners around chicagoland didn't agree to this but their freedom and their rights and
5: their right to their life be damned the fouch says we're not out of the woods i mean for a year now Americans haven't been able to go to church. Even today, when they go to church, they're limited in the size of, of, of worshipers who can meet. Your right to assemble? Oh, my goodness. We had a curfew last fall in Ohio. You had to be in your home at 10. In Pennsylvania, you had to be in your home. Uh, when you're in your home, you had to wear a mask. In Vermont, when you're in your home. How about the people that lost loved ones that were not allowed to go hold their hand?
3: How about the people who have, who have parents in care that they can't go see them? I mean, I, I have people in my family like this i 'm sure you do they 're guessing they 're blind mice, but what they do have is the power at a whim, at a word, to take away yours.
5: home you didn 't have to wear a mask, Dr. fauci, because you weren 't allowed to have yeah. people over to your house. Yeah, yeah Congressman Jordan, your ability to petition your government well, for a year for a year, American citizens haven 't been able to come to their capital to petition their government to talk to their representatives and freedom of the press. These very pictures that Representative Scalise just showed you and talked about, guess what? The press isn't allowed in those facilities. The, press is not, the Biden administration will not let the press in there. And certainly freedom of speech. I mean, freedom of a governor of our third largest state meets with, with physicians and, that, and that's, that, that video is censored because they dare to agree, disagree with Dr. Fauci. Fauci's got more in
3: common with Putin. You know what? We should send Fauci to go talk to Putin. They'd have a lot in common. They're both inadequate, totalitarian tyrants who feel that at their word, people in the countries where I don't know how they got to the position they are, are just merely existing because they say so. And if they say you don't, then you don't. And we all bow down to Fauci. 312-642-5600. I'll be back after this. It is the fastest two hours of my day. I don't know about yours. This was very, very quick. But um, there is an opportunity here to recognize how we're being lied to on all fronts and how we're being controlled and how we're being manipulated. Thanks to Project Veritas, they exposed what I guess we're not supposed to think of as collusion between CNN and the Fauci and the administration
4: you guys at CNN show the recovery rates on the death tolls at least
2: um, the recovery rates oh um who's had it and then recovered? Recovered. um because that's not scary that's, yeah, that, I, I would imagine that's why they don't do it yeah. Yeah. That's what I think. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah.
4: If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. I like
2: that. Uh-huh. I think um, no no one ever says those things out loud, but it's obvious based on like the amount of stories that we do. Like see, the fact that we have a segment called the good stuff, which is a feel good thing but it's dedicated moment at the end to, like, almost, like, be the ice cream to alleviate, you know, like, everything that you've been through, like, you know, like, something sweet to end it with. Because um, everything else is, like, dupe. I mean, it's, it's human nature. I mean, like, I find myself watching more news when there's something looming and scary.
3: They're telling you right there they want to scare you. They're telling you right there that's what their object was and what their mission was, to promote the lie and the propaganda. Now, I'm not suggesting that there isn't a virus or that it wasn't deadly. I I am. But under no circumstance can that be used to take away my life, take away my right to my life, to take away the ability for me to go see loved ones. It is outrageous the position we're in. And when you realize It is not just a handful of bureaucrats. It's a couple. And they
8: have all this power?
5: So I just want to know, when do Americans get their First Amendment liberties back?
8: You know, I don't think anything was censured because they felt they couldn't disagree with me. I think you're you're making this a personal thing, and it isn't.
5: It's not a personal thing.
8: No, you are. That is exactly what you're doing.
3: Because you've been wrong for a year. And in the meantime, by your word... The idea that this guy says we should wear two masks, the idea that he says we can't get together with certain numbers in our house, in our life. It's insanity to me. Tom Shererville.
6: Yeah, Sean, uh, Fauci looks at the average citizen like you and me and many of the other listeners to your show as nothing more than lab rats. That he can experiment on. If he could put you in a cage and just watch you
7: like a hamster or a gerbil spinning on a wheel, if he had that power, he would actually enjoy that.
3: Well, he does, and perhaps he is. Perhaps he is enjoying this. I mean, this is an 80-year-old man. Did you ever see somebody on TV more than this guy? Did you ever see somebody looking for a camera more than this guy?
7: No, he's a media whore.
3: Exactly. And here's the other thing, whether it's this virus whether it's your taxes, whether it's the quality of your life, that's how they always look at us, with contempt and like an experiment. That's why everything they have, every policy they implement, is about taking away our freedoms rather than giving them to us. I cannot remember the last Democrat that even used the word liberty. Can you?
7: No. I haven't. I, most of my life, and I'm 56, I haven't heard one ever say that word.
3: Tom, thank you so much for calling the show. I appreciate it. When is the last time, this would be a great homework assignment, when is the last time you can find a Democrat, while publicly speaking, use the word liberty or freedom of the citizen? It has been well over two decades that I'm aware of that I've ever heard a Democrat use the word liberty. Because they don't have it. It's not in their vocabulary. Control, intimidation, extortion, and servitude. That's what their policies lead to. That's what it's going to look like in a Biden America. That's what it was as they implemented so many of their policies in an Obama-Biden administration. We're being outflanked. And yet, where are the Republicans they are excited about one congressperson getting in? It's time for us to purge our own side. The other side, clearly, is a Marxist organization. It's time for us to put up a fight against it. I'll be back tomorrow, 5 to 7.